Hello and welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to the Catholics podcast. It's a Catholic podcast for millennials by millennials. I'm your host, Jacinta. Um, and today I'm excited to introduce to you um, one of my amazing guests on the show. Today we have a St. Louisan local gal, Miss Leah Darrow. Um, this guest has been very inspiring to me throughout my life. Um, she's inspiring because of what she does in the vineyard of the Lord. And then also whenever I was at a very low point in my life, having just come back to the faith, um, seeing her witness and her testimony really gave me hope that God could work wonders in my life. And he did. Um, and so I'm very excited to have her on the show. She's been an inspiration to me and in my life. Um, but more about Leah. Leah is a former contestant on America's Next Top Model, um, a mother to four and one on the way, wife to her husband, host of the Do Something Beautiful podcast. She's an author of two books, an international speaker and founder of the Lux University, which is a Catholic app for women who want to grow in their faiths and be a light and a leader in our culture. Um, is there anything that you don't do, Leah? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's plenty. There's plenty, but uh, that's a good start. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a pretty lengthy resume. I'm a little tired from reading it, but <laughs> it's it's good. A lot of good stuff. It's amazing. Um, welcome to the show, Leah. Hey, thanks for having me, Jacinta. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Christmas is on its way, and I'm sure you're gearing up for that. Um, do you have any family traditions for Christmas? Uh, chaos and poverty, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that that just might be the go-to for my entire life. Everything's chaos and everything's about either being in poverty or accepting a spirit of poverty with the Lord. But yeah, uh, no, I mean, outside of, I think, um, nothing, I guess, super special, just being together. Um, mm. my, my family, uh, Ricky and I host a Christmas Eve party every year. And uh, my husband, Ricky, is from uh, South Mississippi. So he is from um, the coastline there. And so we always make some type of uh, Creole, mm. you know, party, a Creole party. So we have all these like food, we've got gumbo and, and jambalaya. And so we're here in St. Louis. So those things are not readily available. Sure. Um, so that's like something that we end up doing every year for this Christmas Eve party. And we have people over and we feed them really good food before they stuff themselves the very next day. That sounds amazing. Southern food is like the best. It is. I, I, I think it's very, it's, it, it, I mean, <laughs> we probably don't want to talk about this in the podcast, but in general, <laughs> out of all the places I've traveled in the United States, there's just nothing like the food in Louisiana and like Southern Mississippi. It's just, it, it really is different than any other place. It's the only place in the United States that I think has its own culture of food. Yeah. I might be offending some people possibly um, in no. some areas. However, I just, I, that's just how I found it. It's just like, there's a whole culture that's really um, has a long history with the French influence um, yeah. and a lot of other influences too that have just changed food for for the better so anyway that's just my food talk I'm obviously nine months pregnant so all I, all I really care about is like food and having this baby oh my goodness I love it and yes we could probably do a whole podcast on millennial foods um <laughs> that's great actually I've never been to Louisiana I've been to a lot of places but that's one place I've never been so I'll have to go and check out the food scene and let you know what I think Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's intense. They're some of the best people in the world there. Truly they are. Oh, I believe it. 
Um, well, enough about food, <laughs> even though we could spend all day probably talking about that. I want to talk about um, following your dreams. Um, this is something that, and it was actually, this came about from listening to one of your Monday motivational talks um, on your podcast, because you were talking about how you're, you were telling your sister um, some of your dreams and you were like, hey, uh, she said to you, Leah, your dreams give me diarrhea. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, even though some of our dreams might be terrifying, I think that's amazing that you still go for them. And I feel the same way. I know I've had dreams of like evangelizing and speaking. And I know like before preparing a talk, sometimes I get really nervous. Um, and then once I'm doing it, I'm fine. But it just reminded me of that. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's true. Like our dreams can be somewhat of a cross for us and the fact that like it's a lot of hard work to actually get there and to do it um, but then we hear this voice in the back of our head that says like you're too old for me myself I'm 31 years old and that's really young but in our culture that might be like 80 um, in the eyes of the culture so I do hear this lie sometimes that says like you know what Jacinta this is as good as it's gonna get right now so you should just settle um, and Matthew Kelly talks about how we spend our lives saying either we're too young or we're too old. And um, then he goes through and lists off like people who have accomplished amazing things at all ages of life. So um, I think about people like you who are constantly writing and creating and publishing and um, doing all the things. So can you shed light on that lie that's in the back of our heads about our age and, and um, how that inhibits our ability to follow our dreams? Yeah. Well, the fact is it doesn't, it doesn't inhibit it. Okay. Um, it's just, it's, I guess <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where, where, how I want to start here. Um, I mean, if, if you know me, you know, I'm a straight shooter. If you oh, don't, yeah. well, now you, now you've been warned. Leah, um, I've worked with you for the Lux conference. I know that you're a very honest, blunt, and you get things done and that is good. <laughs> that's, and, and that's exactly the tactic I think that you need, a person needs. Either you need to be blunt and honest with yourself Mm -hmm. And hopefully that transfers to others, you know, you know, with some tact and, and some, some grace there. But here's the thing. It's just BS to say that you can't do that thing. You're just lying to yourself. And that's the spirit of complacency. That's the spiritual warfare. That's the demon attached to it that says you're too old or too, you're, you're too, too young. You don't know enough people. You shouldn't, you, you, you know, you're going to care what about people think. You care too much about what people think. You care too much about what your family says. You care too much about the things in your past. You care too much um, that you don't have this or that. And you spend all that time caring about things that don't care back and that keeps you from those dreams that you have. And so that's just, that is something every person has to deal with. Every adult has to grow up. Every person has to grow up mm -hmm. and they have to fight that spirit, um, that demon of complacency in their own life at their own time. It's going, and it'll come back over and over. I've just been very blessed to have people speak some hard truths to me. I've been very blessed with, I think, the grace of, of Christ himself, of the courage to just have some self-awareness, um, 
and to, and to push through to those points. And that's, you know, that's a motivation for me. That's just where I've come from. Those are the, I've, I have, I mean, in that bio you listed of me, it had a lot of really great things, but what you didn't read are all my failures. Mm -hmm. And I have failed so many times. I have tried so many different things that did not work out. And the fact is one of, by the grace of God, what I've done is I've gotten back up and I've tried again. I just tried again. And, 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 and so when I keep trying again, those are those nice bullet points you read in the bio, but Mm -hmm. I mean, heck man, there's a lot of crap in there that I have failed publicly, miserably in huge ways, lost thousands, tens of thousands of my own money of of dollars. I mean, yeah. So like, so, so like, how do you fight through that? I mean, you just freaking get up and you do it. You mm-hmm. stop making excuses for yourself in your own life, in your spiritual life, in your habits, in your life, and you do it. And it does not matter what age you are. I mean, you're 31, I think, Jacinta, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm 40. Um, that's not that much difference. Like, I know, we're not that far not apart a, in age. Yeah. No, it's not like some generational shift where you're like, oh, well at least you keep dreaming at 40. I mean, what the heck, man? Like, what does that even mean? Like, those are like, those are limitations that we put ourselves on of like, well, you can dream, you can still dream at this age. Like if you've got a dream and you're 60 or 70, um, then, then make that happen. There, there, there could still be something like for you to be able to do. Um, I just don't think that, you know, age should be a limitation. I don't think that anything should be a limitation outside of as long as it is moral and it's good for yourself and good for society. Like yeah. you should, if you have a dream to hurt people, you should, you should stop that dream, but like, like yes. you should stop doing that or hurt yourself. Like don't, don't do that dream. Mm-hmm. But I think when it comes to, when it comes to like this process of, of dreaming and what you're referring to of this Monday motivation podcast that I've been doing on, 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 on just recently. I mean, that really came from a place where I just see so many people and they have, and all they want to do is talk about their dreams, but nobody wants to do anything about their dream. Nobody wants to like put in the hard work. Everybody wants the instant gratification. They want all the likes, they want the notifications, they want the requests coming in. Um, and, and that's just, that's really not what you actually want. And what I try to hopefully teach and motivate people is that like your dream is not about the fruits of it necessarily. It's about the grunt work, the hard work of doing it. Mm -hmm. And it is hard and it comes at a high cost. But if it's really your dream, if it's something that you have your whole heart into and you feel God calling you into that space or whatever it might be, um, that, the process is what's going to be worth it for you. Uh, and, and any of those fruits that come from it will just come at the time that God deems it appropriate or right or just. So, mm-hmm. um, just to keep doing it is most important. Like just to keep following through, regardless of what other people think, regardless if your dreams scare other people or if the other people doubt them or don't like them or think you should go a different route. I mean, with proper discernment, you should listen to the people who maybe have some great influence or insight, but at the same time, I mean, it's all about pushing through um, during times when it's really sucky and it's hard. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is so good. Such great information and insight. Um, something you mentioned about failing. 
um, was really interesting because I've had mentors in the past tell me to try different things. Um, and I tried YouTube and I didn't even mean to start this podcast and it's kind of just happened. Like it, this is really not something I intentionally did. Um, and I'm just rolling with it. Um, so can you speak to like the different failures and how those can be a good thing? Because I'm actually glad that I'm not doing YouTube. Um, this is a lot of fun, um, but it's not something that was in the forefront of my mind. Yeah. Well, um, quickly, I would tell you to still do it. I mean, yeah. I would tell you to like, it, you, you can look at that content and you should be able to repurpose and do things all at the same time. You could, you know, like right now you could be having, you know, you could be recording on YouTube a video of us having this conversation and then That's still true. have it up there. Mm -hmm. But on, on the side note is that um, failure is not the roadblock to your dreams. It mm -hmm. is a part of the process. And until you accept that, until a person accepts that, like they'll, they'll, they'll never get to wherever they want to be, wherever that goal is. Like, it's so crazy to me. And I think it's because a culture that has been, um, supporting this idea that everybody gets the trophy, everybody participates, everybody right. gets a fair chance. Like that's crap, man. It I mean, is. It's, it's, it's like, look, if you're good and you have hustle, and you continue to fight, you'll make it. If you've got a talent or if you're willing to learn that talent, if you've got the grit to keep going when people want to stop and when it's hard, you'll make it. Mm. That's just it. So, so, you know, when it comes to this idea of failure, we look at it all the wrong way. We look at it as like, oh, well, it didn't work, so I should stop doing that. Well, well no, why don't you look at what didn't work and try something different and then figure it out. Like, Holy cow, just figure it out. I mean, um, you've got all these great resources around you today, uh, and, and things and people to look at and people who have done other things. I mean, so there's just no excuse anymore to say that failure is the reason why you should stop doing that. Yeah. It, it seems more like a cop out, like giving up whenever it does get hard instead of just pushing through. Um, well, it's always going to be hard though. I'm sorry. It's always going to be hard. Tell me one thing that you've ever done that you've been proud of that was like incredibly easy. And then if somebody's ever complimented you on something that was incredibly easy, you don't feel right taking the compliment. You're like, uh, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Like all I did was flip a switch. I literally just flipped a switch. Actually, and that's really true because anytime I've moved or started a new job, it's been incredibly hard <laughs> every time. Yes, yeah. it is. And so there's, you know, I, I just think that failures looked at the wrong way. Failure is, I mean, I'm sure there's like a million and one memes, like they're lessons, they teach you things. You're, you, you will be taught the most, you will grow the most in failure. Mm -hmm. And, um, I have, I had, a, I had, my grandpa always told me that, Leah, when you're uncomfortable, that means you're growing. Mm. And that was the nicest way to say, basically, when you fail, it means you're, it means you're growing. And so um, if you're uncomfortable, if things are hard, that means you're getting better and you don't get better 
in those moments of comfort. You don't get better in a lazy boy recliner. You don't get better on a beach with a adult beverage in your hand. Those are not the times in our life where we are excelling in the personal and spiritual life. Those are times of respite. Those are times that we do need to rethink or to maybe dream or read and, and gain some more information, but they're not times of growth. Yeah. So you have to remember that there are seasons of your life where it's going to be intense growth, which means intense suffering and usually intense failure to go along with that. Um, but those are not times where yeah. we should be running away and stopping and dropping everything. Those are times where we power through and, 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 and we get to the other side. Amen. Oh my goodness. I think our listeners really needed to hear that. I know I needed to hear that myself um, because there's this sense of, um, sort of, I don't know, people don't want to admit when things are hard. And I think you've mentioned this before on one of your Instagram stories that you were going through a tough time. And usually people don't talk about the tough time when they're going through it. They talk about it. Oh, well, I'm fine now, but that was really hard because we're afraid to admit in that vulnerability that this is hard and sucky. And, um, uh, it's just uncomfortable to admit that. So thank you for bringing that to light. I think it's very important for all of us to know that as young people and, as, and, and no matter what age, as people in general. Um, yeah, life is hard and it doesn't get easier. Mm -mm. Um, I'm only 40, but I can tell you that I thought life was very hard at 25. I sincerely, I, I'm not just, I mean, I thought it was like, this is the most I can take. Um, I kind I, of feel the same way because I think we had a similar story. And I think I was coming out of that, uh, as you probably were too, uh, just the pain of living in the culture and that war on me. So I, I, I agree with you. And it's just, it, it's a good indicator that, that God is present and he is with us. And at where, wherever you're at right now, where you're like, no, this is the hardest. I don't have your life, Leah. I don't have your life, Jacinda. But for me, this is the hardest right now. That's true and real. Um, and I don't, you know, disrespect or disregard anybody's point in life when they're like, this is the hardest thing I've ever been through. That is very true for you. God has brought you to this place right now to suffer, to grow, um, to lean on him right now. And so what you need to do is to continue leaning in to the Lord, to take on the spiritual and physical movements of St. John at the Last Supper when he leaned into the chest, the sacred heart of Jesus. We need to lean into him. We need to be held by Christ, supported by Christ, and lean in to the Lord so that he can help us in those moments of deep trial. Because those are the moments that will build you, that will help you with those practices of suffering and growth so that you can handle the next big hard thing that will undoubtedly come mm. that is some that is some tough truth is that um you know life is full of suffering and that is the christian life jesus didn't say come and follow me if you want a comfy and cushy path he said pick up your cross and follow me so 
yeah um amen that is beautiful and so hard to uh, to accept but it's true and the more we accept it the better conformed we can be to the cross which is the call of the christian life um but i do want to ask you about your studies at the augustine institute because you uh attained your master's in theology there both of us are alum there so shout out to the ai and i want to know um how this formation this intellectual formation because i'm gonna get towards your lux app but how has this shaped and um helped you as God has called you to participate in the new evangelization, what role has this um, formation played in that? Yeah, I mean, the, the, I, I absolutely love the Augustine Institute. As you said, I received my master's there in theology. Um, and uh, it, it's, it, it's inc the program is, is incredible. The professors are fantastic. Mm. Um, I did my program, uh, about with about a year of classes there, and then I was a distant education student when I moved. Um, and their program for distant um, students, whatever it's called, um, mm -hmm. is very very good. I will say that. So if you're if you're if you're like, well, I don't live in Denver, so it doesn't work for me. Um, definitely, don't use that as an excuse because they really had top of the line. Uh, technology to really help you engage with your professors and the classes itself. It was, it, it was just excellent. So what, I mean, yeah, that was a huge moment. I always knew I've always liked school. I should say that. Mm -hmm. um, I've always enjoyed it. I, I, um, I did very well in my undergraduate many years ago and Where I did just you go in St. Louis. Did you, I went, I went to the university of Missouri, St. Louis. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I graduated um, with um, honors and with a bachelor's in psychology there, and then um, yeah, had a little bit of a break in schooling, and then I, I well yeah I did I have like half my master's in counseling that I haven't finished. One of these days may 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 go back and do that. Who knows? Um, and then I, I I started back up after my conversion or reversion to the faith with the AI, and it just felt like the right thing to do because. I grew up with two great parents, uh, Catholic parents who love the Lord, still love the Lord. Yeah. Uh, but I, and I went to Catholic school up until eighth grade, um, or excuse me, uh, in anyways, well, I went to Catholic school for a while, but I still, in my adult faith was like, I just feel like I don't know what I believe very well. I know a couple basics, a couple basics, mm -hmm. but I don't, um, I don't know how I would respond to people, or I don't know how I would respond to the questions I have, let alone questions other people might ask me about my faith. And that bothered me. Mm -hmm. um, and as God was calling me into a more um, uh, direct communication role with evangelization, I felt like it was a duty for me to, to make sure that I put myself at um, at the service of some amazing professors and teachers who could teach me more and allow me the space and the time to study and to know the person of Jesus Christ, which does not need to be done with the master's program. Sure. But for me, it seemed to be a good fit for what I was already inclined to 
um, enjoyed and had a talent for. So, um, so that's where I went. I went to the AI. It was an excellent, excellent experience. I really loved it. It took me a long time to complete my master's because I had a whole bunch of kids. Um, yeah. I had four, four kids in the middle of doing all of it, but um, it was great. And so it's, it's allowed me to kind of take all of that. And after I graduated, it became um, a pull on my heart to be like, all of the gifts that I have been given from the AI, all of the education, all of the books and Vatican documents, um, encyclicals that I was forced to read that I would not have read otherwise, great spiritual books that I had no idea about until my professors introduced them to me. Mm. And I was like, why don't more women in particular know this? And that began the dream for something of how can I bring what I've received to others in a way that is not as maybe intense or in a way that really benefits them in their particular state in life. And uh, I looked at the role of women in the church um, and the fact that it, it, we really have been lacking in feeding that role of women in evangelization and women in the role in the family um, for a very long time in the church. Uh, inside the Catholic church, the laity is the largest group mm-hmm. and of the laity it's comprised, uh, the majority is mostly women. And so what are we doing? <laughs> these are, these are the young women in the pews, the young professionals that are still going to mass. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the young moms with their kids in tow. These are the older moms with their kids off in college. These are the grandmas that are still at mass. You see women all the time in the church pews. And so how are we feeding them? How are we helping them know who Christ is, know what the church um, teaches so that these women, these massive communicators in the family can give the faith to others? Mm-hmm. In a, in, 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 a, in, a, in a better way. So that began the dream for me of Lux University. Lux is Latin for light. Mm-hmm. And we started Lux U and we've now created the very first Catholic app for Catholic women. Um, and we provide small, mini theological courses on the faith taught by the very best um, and taught specifically to Catholic women um, at their varied states in life so that they can take this they can own it themselves, be a light and be a leader in their own right and in their own place, either in the home or in work, um, in both places, uh, and, and really be the women that Christ is calling all of us to be. That's beautiful. And I think this is the first app that has been created for Catholic women for this purpose. So yeah, it is. It's, it's crazy. I mean, which is really sad. Like I'm really excited about that, but at the same time, I'm like, it's really sad that it's 2019. Yeah. And this is the first time we've done this. Yeah. However, praise be to Jesus Christ that there are amazing people on our team that have made this possible. And we've all been working very, very hard to, to perfect it and to do it better. And hopefully it starts inspiration for other people to do the same. And, you know, the more the merrier come on down. Um, but yeah, so it, it is pretty exciting there are a lot of Catholic apps out there, but there's nothing out there specifically for Catholic women and an app that engages the community aspect off of social media in a private setting, as well as faith formation through 
courses on the faith. Right. And like you said before, not everybody has time to go out and get their master's or the money for that matter. (laughs) Um, So this is a great tool for women to learn and grow in their faith intellectually also while having community there. And what is some of the response that you're seeing um, from these ladies who have signed up for the Lux app? Uh, Yeah, it's... um... I mean, praise be to God. I would, I, I, I had hoped I could say this, but I'm very humbled and honored to, to, to say it in truth. But it's been quite profound. Um, the, it, I mean, it, it, it literally is emotional for me to talk about. It, it moves me to tears, especially. Um, we have amazing courses like Luxu provides awesome courses and, and there are courses like on surrender and hope and beauty on Edith Stein on discerning God's will on mercy itself. Um, gosh, on a uh, Catholic iconography, like there's so, there's so many varied courses and they're really beautiful and wonderful because they are specifically taught to, uh, Catholic women. Um, these are not just courses we're finding elsewhere. We record, we film, we edit everything on our own. We have presenters make sure that they know that they're teaching to Catholic women um, and all of the resources in that. However, the community aspect is really, really something that has taken me by surprise. I had hoped it would be great, but what's happened inside this private space is really something I just did not know could happen. It's literally brought me to tears every time I almost open up the app and read what a woman has posted or said. We do live prayer every single day, rosary or divine mercy chaplet. Um, We have a prayer intention um, area where women, because it's not social media, Uh because we're not there to get the likes, we can actually share our life and our hearts. And we've had women who um, have revealed such deeply personal and deeply hurting moments, like when they're happening. And it's um, to protect their own uh, privacy. I won't mention the particulars, but it's been so, it brings me to tears. They've been so deeply honest and deeply private. And you have this community of women, of women literally all over the world. Um, we've got women in Australia and Germany and all different places of Europe, um, all over us, all over Canada who are chiming in to these women at their most vulnerable and, and difficult states in life and saying, I am praying for you right now. I'm going to adoration right now for you. I am getting on my knees right now and praying for you. And they're responding. And it's just like, to me, even if this app is only for a hundred people for the rest of my life, it's worth it. Like, it's not about how many women necessarily get in there. Although I would love for more women to experience the beauty of this type of um, sisterhood and solidarity in the faith. But God is moving in such profound ways because if we don't focus our life on prayer and on the sacred heart of Jesus and and truly him like these courses are great but the goal is so that we know the person of Jesus Christ mm. and so the prayer that we do the community that we do everything is geared towards do we know him though like we can know facts but at the end of the day every course that we provide every prayer that we provide everything that we do inside the lux app 
is geared towards, I want to make sure that you as a Catholic woman, mm-hmm. that, that, that you know, Jesus, that you know him, that you know, that he loves you, that he wants more from you and that he will be there to help you accomplish all that he has planned for you. Amen. Oh my goodness. It sounds like this is so, so needed in our culture. Um, And I know through the work that you do, you see lots of things happen where women are uh, coming back to Christ. Teens are coming back to Christ and they're telling you, thank you for your talk, for your presentation. And I know for myself in my own line of work, I do pro-life work. And so obviously um, abortion is happening all the time. So you just have all these women who are walking around wounded and hurt. And when you hear of things like your Lux app, where women are coming together, they're praying for each other, they're um, getting healing because they're hearing truths about their dignity and value and worth. It just brings so much hope in a culture, um, ultimately a culture of death. Um, so that it's such a light. It truly is a light. It, it lives up to its name, Lux. So praise God for the work that he has called you to and that he's using you um, to bring women together and to truly be a light in this world. So I think that's beautiful and wonderful and amazing. Um, And one thing that you will notice from your Instagram stories is that you're at home with the kiddos a lot. And I think that is great because you are first and foremost a wife and a mother, but you are able to still travel and speak and obviously be a creator. And I want to know about your, um, how you juggle doing all that you do with um, four babies in one way um, and that call that you have. Um, I remember hearing a Jennifer Fulweiler talk. Um, I wasn't there for it, but I heard it on, on the internet. And she talked about like not giving up on your mission, even though you're a wife and a mother. And I immediately thought of you and like Lisa Cotter and other amazing women who are um, busy. You guys are so busy, but you're still able to um, play a role in the new evangelization as women. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, we've sadly dissected our 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 work out into these spheres, and then because we've dissected the feminine genius out, mm-hmm. because we've compartmentalized what it is to be a woman, mm-hmm. unfortunately, through our culture and through the many poor definitions and waves of feminism that were not helpful at all. We've now had to come into play with words like juggle, balance. Yeah. Like (laughs) that frustrates me Mm -hmm. because I mean, if you're listening to this, if you, if you're a woman listening to this, let me just let me just say a few things right now directly to you. Sorry, guys. You got to hold off a quick second here. You are a woman. You've been made in the image and likeness of the creator of the universe. You are not a sidecar accessory. You are the crown of creation. When God made Adam and Eve, he looked at both and said, both are very good. There's just something absolutely beautiful about all of that. And we've decided to compartmentalize what it means to be a woman. You're 
you know, you can only do certain woman things at certain woman times. And it, it, it just, it just is crazy to me. Mm. Yes. There's a time and season for all things. And so you have your priorities. Um, but it's just the fact that we can't participate or something in the evangelization of the Lord because we have a baby or, I mean, that's just ridiculous. Um, and I think, you know, we, we've, we, we have, we have, there, there, there's a lot of room to grow in that area and for us to begin to see women for, for who they are and how, how God has called them to be. Um, we are caretakers. We are the nurturers. We are the life bearers. That is a beautiful, it, that is not a hindrance on your dreams. And I think <laughs> many times, even young, single, faithful Catholic Christian women have been they have accepted because it's so ingrained in so many tiny ways that we don't even think about that the idea of like, well, you better get this done before you get married and have kids because it is over. Like you, yeah. like you have to choose between one or the other. Um, I remember talking to a guy who was talking, one of my friends and I'm not going to name names, but he said that um, he doesn't like it. And I'm, I'm pretty passionate. So I'm like, yeah, I want to like do all these things and have my mission um, and I have these dreams of like uh, creating and stuff like that. Um, but he told me that he is, and uh, I, sh I feel bad for saying this, but this plays into what you're talking about. Actually, he said that he doesn't like it whenever he, uh, whenever he meets a, a girl who, um, is talking about their mission. Cause he's like, well, she doesn't want to be a wife and a mom. And that's pretty much exactly what you're talking about is compartmentalizing these things. And we need <sighs> to reevaluate. Yeah and change our minds on, um, all of that. Oh my gosh. I love everything you said about that. Yeah. yeah it, it's, it's, and, and I, let me, let me say this too. Um, what he said is not unmerited. Sure. I think his, now I don't know this person, I have no background, but I would imagine thinking the best for this person who said that for mm -hmm. this guy. I would imagine he's saying that as a retaliation of what's been happening with women over the past 40 years, for sure. Uh, especially after Roe v. Wade, um, that have absolutely annihilated the beautiful gift that women have to be life bearers, to be mothers, um, and to raise up the saints that this world needs. And so many women have taken on the mentality to abort that dream, to mm -hmm. abort that dignity and that beautiful gift of women, of being mothers and wives for the sake of mission. And I would imagine those comments are coming from a place of that for a lot of men who want that family, who want a woman who knows what it really means to be a to be a wife and a mother according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the retaliation that they're feeling is like, oh, I don't like it when maybe when I hear women talk about all of their big dreams and missions, which, okay, <laughs> that probably needs to be reformatted and reset in a better way. But I'm hoping that it's coming from a place that is that 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 does come from this this, this place of truth. Because we also we can do both but it's just going to look different at different times. 
-hmm. It'll just look different at different times. I have been gung-ho and I've been in in evangelization like full-time when I was married and without kids and then obviously prior before I was married. And I was able to do more and to travel more and to speak more. I was on the road 28 days a month traveling everywhere going, you know, and then I got married and then I pulled back because I, I, I've, I've made a vow to someone that I'm going to help him get to heaven and I'm going to love and to serve him. He's also going to love and serve me. Mm -hmm. And so that pulled back because priorities changed and the person is always greater than the work of the mission. And if you, and you have to remember that the mission should always be your holiness in Christ Jesus. That's the mission. Mm-hmm. And if that, and, and, and God willing, God will use that work of you striving for your own holiness to help other people in their holiness. But when it comes to women and children, like we, we've, we've also neglected this beautiful role of motherhood. And we've neglected this idea that like a lot of times women think that the mission that they have to do has to be this exterior work. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that don't forget that the exterior work of mission is also marriage and family. Mm -hmm. Like raising these little kids that you may or may not have heard in the background of this phone call, that is a part of evangelization. Mm -hmm. And I can make the world significantly better if I pour into these five children and I teach them about the person of Jesus Christ. I mean, Jesus worked with 12. I mean, I got five. (laughs) So what did Jesus do with these 12 people and with the gift of the Holy Spirit and discipling them? And women are not told enough the beautiful gift and the hard work and the mission work and the evangelization work that is already present and available in, 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 in marriage and children. And so they sometimes, now sometimes we're called to do things outside of that, of course, and that's beautiful and good. And you'll, that every woman has to find the right time and to um, be able to do that. That doesn't sacrifice that initial vocation. Um, (laughs) But there, I think there's just, there, there's just been a lot of confusion and we're, I think we're trying to work through that now. It's yeah. beautiful to see so many groups and organizations promoting motherhood, promoting, um, uh, you know, marriage as well as realizing that, you know, um, if God does call you outside of that role to do something extra, you're not neglecting one for the other. Um, but we have to have that proper discernment. So I, I covered a lot of stuff there. Sorry, but Whoa, I just, that was great. There's a lot I think going on. There is. And I think it's good for us to flush these things out because we need specifics in our lifetime. Uh, we just need to know specifics. Like I had Jason Everett on the other day and he was talking about dating for guys. And it's like, he had to create a whole book for them to learn how to pursue a woman because like our world is craving specifics. And so it's important for us to have these conversations. Um, so that yeah, we, and, I, and we, I think in terms of specifics, I can tell you, I can at least talk to the women and, and tell you, look, when you're really honest with yourself, when, when you are by yourself and you're making your list of what you really want in life, if on your list is to get married and have babies, that's a good list. Mm. That's a good dream. You should pray that God helps you fulfill that. And to know that that dream and that mission, that evangelization is amazing and good. But what 
like what, where would our world be if it wasn't for women in particular, not, I mean, I'm not, nothing gets men here, but what would it be if women just decided to not, to not have the babies, to not devote their love and time and attention, sweat, blood, and tears, and to pass on the faith to their children along with their husbands. There's an incredibly big and important role. And I'm not saying it does, it's not there. I'm just talking just to women in particular at this moment and our particular role of what we can control as you as a woman. But like we can make the world so much better and richer and raise amazing saints by that very gift and that natural ability for many of us. And so there's something beautiful about that. Like that should be like, if that is your dream, you shouldn't put that down. You shouldn't think that that's going to get in the way of something else. Like there is nothing that I have ever done or accomplished in my professional life that can hold a candle next to a baby in my arms. There's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's no award. There's no like, Oh, I did that. It's, it's that stuff. That's mm-hmm. stuff. But Agnes and Ambrose and Violet and Victory and this new little one, I mean, that like those are the jewels in my crown. Those are the those are the things that I want to be remembered for. Um, when it when it all comes down to the very end, is that I was the mother to these children and I'm the wife to Ricky and I've done I've tried my best to love Jesus so that they could see Jesus and me and then pass that on. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful, Leah. And what amazing names for those kiddos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're very Catholic. <laughs> I can't tell at all. <laughs> I love victory. Like Jesus, yeah, he, great things in life. <laughs> yeah, he's. It's going to be a hard day when he um has his first big failure. I know, but um, uh, his name is Victory. He's named after Our Lady of Victory and for um the power of the Rosary. So, uh, for the Battle of Lepanto, if you're familiar with that, and we we just couldn't think of a better. We would, I was just drawn to it. I wanted the name to be very Marian and um, Victory. It was, and that's actually what we call him. People ask us all the time, like, do you actually call him Victory? And I'm like, yes, I yell Victory a million times a day. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I would love to be a fly on the wall at your house, just hearing like Victory, Victory. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, just follow me on Instagram. I'm sure you'll hear it soon. Yeah, awesome. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you for sharing your heart and your insight. Um, I just want to ask you what if you could get it, give any advice to women out there who are listening to this podcast. Um, I know it's a vague question, but what would it be if I could ask a question to other w- women? Well, if you could give any advice to the ladies who are listening, just any oh. any takeaway. Ah. <sighs> Oh, probably just take a deep breath and rest in the Lord. Like just stop doing all the things for a quick second. And, um, look, we all, we all have a to-do list. We all are busy. Like that's nothing new and that's not going to change and everything you got to do. It'll still be there in five minutes. Mm -hmm. So take, take a hot second. 
sit there and think about the sacred heart of Jesus beating for you, loving you and wanting your conversion. And then think, Lord, how can you help me love you with more surrender to love you with more hope, to love you with more trust. And just that prayer, just stopping and thinking about that prayer um, and then letting that work, work itself out in your life and in, in, in time. We just, we're all, we're all, all so busy. Yes. Sometimes we just need to be told to just like, just stop, like chill out, take a deep breath. Like that breath has been willed by the Lord. If you're still breathing, God is not done with you yet. So, so stop and just be with him for, you know, a few seconds right now and, um, and rest there. Know that you're seen um, and you're loved. You are willed. Amen. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Awesome. Um, well, thank you for coming on to this podcast. Um, where can people connect with you and where can they find your Lux app? Yeah, uh, very easy. Just go to theluxuniversity.com. That's where you need to go. Um, you will get the best, you'll get all the information and the best rates if you go to that website versus in your, um, on your mobile device, like on the app store or something like that. Uh, so make sure you go there. Theluxuniversity.com is where you can connect with me. And then of course I'm on Instagram. You can always chat with me there. Awesome. Very good. Well, thank you, Leah. You are amazing. You're a light. And, um, thank you for just saying for your yes to God and for, uh, being an example and a voice for those who need to hear the truth. So thank you for that. You're welcome. And please pray for me. Absolutely. God bless you. God bless.